Hi and welcome to That Podcast, I'm Dave. And I'm Bo. And what have you been up to, Bo? Uh, well, we just came off a, a long weekend. Uh, did you, um, we're learning about these bank holidays and long weekends in the UK. The All of the holidays are different for us here than we're used to in the US. So Yeah, so we've just had uh, Easter weekend. So we had Good Friday. So Friday was a bank holiday and Easter Monday a bank mm-hmm. holiday. So... We all had a, a four-day weekend, which is kind of nice. Yeah. We ended up driving down to Cornwall for the weekend, uh, which means that for the first time in a long time, Beck got to listen to podcasts, which was a lot of fun. But I noticed that uh, her eyes glazed over a little bit more than usual because we haven't talked about family stuff or anything fun like that. I, I'm saying fun with air quotes here because she li- she likes the, the tech stuff too, but um, yeah, she likes to hear you know, more interesting things. More so at least things. when she gets to this one, she'll be able to hear just a little snippet of that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. How how do you find Cornwall? Um, I haven't been down there for years. Um, in fact, I, I distinctly remember the last time I was in Cornwall was a family holiday. And um, did you know the Spice Girls? <laughs> yes. So you, their first single, Wannabe, was mm-hmm. like in the charts then because I remember driving down. It's quite a long drive from where we live, and that song came on the radio about every twenty minutes. <laughs> and uh, uh, nice. I don't know how yeah, long the, ago that was. I mean, yeah. So this weekend was uh, uh, Radio One Takeover Weekend or something. So we, we listened to the radio a little bit just because we like listening to Radio One just for for fun and. Um, we we got to hear the Spice Girls. We got to hear Wannabe at one point because people were requesting all sorts of weird things all weekend mm. long. So oh, it, it did go. help pass the time a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Luke Luke rather liked that song, which was a little... He also liked uh, In Sync, Someone Asked For, Bye Bye Bye. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yep. He's like, I like this song. And we're like, okay. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. We um, Beck did some... A little bit of research beforehand and so she figured out where we were going to go and you know she told me about it but i didn't like i hadn't been able to look it up a whole lot it was a, a little f- fishing village called mevigisi or something along those lines and um yeah it was it was awesome there was this little little harbor uh luke got to learn about tides and you know so we went down some days and the beach was there some days it wasn't and and by beach i mean there were like steps down into the water just because it was a, a harbor and sometimes you know that the steps were visible sometimes they weren't so yeah it was a lot of fun it was pretty rainy i've been told that the uh the easter four-day weekend in the uk is usually pretty crummy um just because it's rainy and cold and hasn't quite started to become spring or summer yet but. yeah um so there's two bank holidays um uh, next month in no no not not in april in may um, and they're usually those weekends are usually a bit better. There's May Day mm-hmm. Bank Holiday and uh, I want to say Wit Weekend. But I can't remember what it's called at the end of May. Nice. Well, I, I, we actually have uh, my mom and my sister are coming to visit that weekend, so uh, we have we have a bunch of things planned. So I, I'm 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 aware of that one uh, because also Luke's enrolled in school now. So, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so he's going to be uh, starting school, which is going to be a huge change for us. That's coming way too soon for Beck. It's a, it's a good six months before he would have started mm. in in, in uh, the U.S. So uh, we're, we're getting uh, ready for that. But now we're also like, well, we can't just leave whenever we want to anymore. You know, we have to actually wait for you know school to be out and whatever. So um, it just so happened that they were already planning on coming 
on that weekend and we're like oh no this, we have to take him out of school already or whatever but um th- it, it was already going to work out nicely because it was already sort of a, a, a three-day weekend so yeah it's really weird the taking kids out of school um mm-hmm. so nowadays um a lot of people in the past have always maybe taken the kids out of school a week before the sort of summer holidays or something to go away on holiday mm-hmm. because holidays are so much more expensive during the school holidays because supply and demand and yeah um so now uh, a lot of the schools actually um charge fines mm. so if you take your child out of school you know to do something like that you get fined um and it's quite interesting because <laughs> I, I, people get first a lot of people get outraged by it and direct their anger at the teachers when it's not really the teachers who are doing it it's uh mm-hmm. you know the local government or the the, the academy that yeah. uh, is doing it but also um these sort of legalities are quite interesting because legally your your school i think you you your child has got to go to school and reach a certain level of attendance but i don't really know what that level of attendance is now evie hasn't missed she started school in September and hasn't actually missed a single day of school yet through illness or anything. So her attendance level is currently 100%. So if I were to take her out of school for a week for us to go on holiday, um, you know, that would only drop her attendance a few percent points maybe, mm-hmm. uh, which would still probably keep her above. Some of the, any, any kid who's had more than five days off sick would have worse attendance than Evie still. Right. So would they be allowed to find me? I don't know. Hmm. Does that make, if you see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but hmm. yeah. Well, we also got to find out about um, the whole supply and demand thing on account of the roads being very busy. Hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be a three and a half hour drive. I think, supposed to, I think it was supposed to be a, an hour drive. No, 45 minute drive to Bristol. And mm-hmm. then another th- three-hour drive i think to uh the little fishing village and it took us like two and a half hours to get to bristol oh dear and uh like another four or five hours to get to the little village um so yeah but we were like it's supposed it's, I, we didn't expect there to be any sort of like traffic in the uk for some reason because we've never experienced it but uh, apparently the the travel is really horrible or the roads are really horrible anytime there's these big vacation days because everyone that's the only time people can go really yeah definitely uh you know and you're heading towards a, a nice spot so it's mm-hmm. kind of gonna happen yeah we didn't really do a lot over the weekend we we visited family and we did a lot of family things together but nothing really of note i don't think mm. yeah so nice. luke's uh school one thing i noticed um i saw someone uh and I saw Beck had put a photo of his uniform on Facebook. Yeah. And I saw one of your friends ask about whether it was a, you know, a paid for, like a private school because of the yep. the uh, dress code, as they put it. But mm-hmm. like, I think nearly every school in this country has a, has a uniform that the kids have to wear. Um, you know, do you see what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, your, it's, your it's country, something that we've, we've picked very, up on. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, in, in the states, there generally aren't. Um, at least at the public schools, there usually isn't a dress code. At least not at the public schools that I've ever been around. There might be some in in some areas where where they're required. Uh, more often than not, if if you see a dress code or like actually like a uniform, it's probably going to be some sort of private school. Mm. 
at least in the states so yeah it is uh, a very different for us we're like we have to go get a special shirt and special pants and our trousers rather um it's, i don't know it's uh it is has definitely been an interesting thing thing for us to experience here yeah i mean um the kids uh the school the school i went to the secondary school though so not primary like luke's going to um the dress the the uniform has actually got stricter in most more recently which is strange i mean usually these thing these kind of things are sort of relaxed over time yeah and when i was there you could wear a polo shirt and a sweater mm-hmm. but as far as i know now uh, all the kids have to wear a tie and um uh, they i think they're i don't know if they're required to wear a blazer but but that's generally that seems to be what everyone's wearing mm-hmm so uh, unless it's a fashion thing, maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken, and they're just doing it because they they want to look like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, we we were given uh, a place to go to, and we said, "What do we need?" And they said, "Here are the things." <laughs> so uh, yeah, we didn't really. There isn't a lot of choice involved. Apparently, we can choose whatever socks we want, at least at this you know this level. Mm. I believe you can't because she's usually wearing a, a skirt. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas Luke's socks would be covered, unless or is he or is he wearing shorts? Um, I think I think he's wearing. Cool. Uh, the other uh, the other thing that was interesting was uh, they told us that um, PE kit, I guess that's what it would be. Mm-hmm. P, um, that we they didn't know which house he was going to be in, so they couldn't tell us which color shirt to get. So. Um, they aren't going to be able to tell him that until the first day he goes or something. Yeah. And we're like, house? Why? Why do they have houses? Oh, now you should have known that from Harry Potter, surely. <laughs> and you know, and that's and that's what we realized. We're like, oh, well, that wasn't just some random thing. Like, it's funny because we're we're picking up these things now. We're like, okay, now that makes sense why they had different houses. But you know, I I never it never occurred to me that was like a a a mirror of reality mm. in the UK that there are these houses. Um, so, so we did make that connection, but immediately, like the first thing we thought was, why, what, what houses are there? Like, what, like we don't understand why, why do they have to be in houses? So, can you, can you shed some light on that? Um, I don't really know the history or anything. I do know that I can't remember the name of my house, but I was green was our color. Hmm. Um, I don't even, to be honest, I'm bad dad. I don't know which house Evie is in. Um, I know the four houses are uh, elements, so. Mm. Earth, water, wind, and fire. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know which one Evie is in, but she might not have realized yet. Oh, okay. And they're not quite as exciting as Gryffindor and Hufflepuff yeah. and all that stuff. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess, I guess it could be something like, I mean, um, we don't have like fraternities like you do. Mm-hmm. Or not that I know of. Um so I guess it's something like it's a very similar kind of thing to that, I imagine. I suppose, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're looking forward to all sorts of interesting things starting, I guess, in a week and a half now. So. Yeah, I actually, we'll um, I actually got to go to Evie's school uh, a couple of weeks ago. They have these things called share mornings where the parent, like it, I say, parent it doesn't have to be a parent; it can be anybody who's sort of special in the child's life. So it can be a brother, parent, grandparent, guardian. Mm-hmm whoever is close by and can actually make it because obviously it's quite difficult for some people to get away from from work and whatnot right and you just get to go in for a morning uh and how it works was there was 
loads of different activities laid out on all different on all the different tables, and we just got to go around doing uh, math themed tasks. Basically, we had to make repeating patterns. We had to do line of symmetry things, that kind of thing. It was kind of cool. Um, but Evie got a bit, and she got she got frustrated with me at one point. Um, we were cutting something out, and she was she was rushing, and I kind of chastised her a bit about it. And she got really grumpy with me. Uh, <laughs> and then towards the end, she was getting a bit, I think she was, she enjoyed having me there, but towards the end, she was a bit like she'd spent all morning just talking to a grown up rather than to any of her friends. And mm. uh, as soon as like one or two of the parents left and those children started playing, Eve was kind of like, go away, dad. I want to <laughs> go away, dad. I want to go play. Nice. Uh, so that was, but it was really good and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, um, tech stuff uh, today. Um, Microsoft have—I uh, don't know—it must have been some conference, a keynote, or some conference. But mm-hmm. coming soon in Windows 10, you're going to be able to run Linux binaries, Ubuntu Linux binaries in Windows. Um, so that I think I'm pretty sure the demos people have been showing were Bash, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. and then using Aptitude, AptGet install, Emacs. Uh, Redis, I've seen. Um, it seems incredible. Um, it almost seems like it's uh, an April Fool's Day thing. <laughs> two two days early or a day early. Yeah, two days early, right? Yeah. But um, I thought it was quite uh, very newsworthy, and I think it's a um, very cool thing, you know, to happen. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So, do you, do you know more about it? Like, like. Is no, just... I, all I've read is a, a blog post. I sort of skim read a, a, a blog on Scott Hanselman's mm-hmm. uh, site, and um, that's it. But I mean, from my point of view, I kind of like. I'm wondering what's that going to do about. I think OS X almost feels like it's almost a bit left behind in that respect now to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what how it how it actually works in practice, rather than just uh, demos and. Yeah. People showing it off, but we'll see. It's not a VM. It's not Docker. It's not anything. It's just natively running these things, which mm. sounds sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds awesome, but it also sounds confusing. I'm sure there's some awesome technology behind there to figure yeah. out how, well, how that works. Canonical, who back Ubuntu, uh, partnered with Microsoft on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some magic, I guess. Yeah. Something else I saw today. Uh, just little. I'm just doing little things because that's all I've got. <laughs> um, help spot, which uh, we mentioned. I think we mentioned one or two shows ago. Um, or Userscape, the company mm-hmm. with Ian Landsman, Chris Fido, um, uh, Eric Barnes, and other people. Uh, They've uh, launched a little product today, or a little—it's just a little website, really, called Helpspot uh, Vault, mm-hmm. and um, it's a really basic site. Um, You—it's for sharing things like uh, usernames and passwords temporarily. So rather than uh, their, their use cases, uh, customer support. So rather than uh, asking, you know, one one of your customers to email you a username and password for something. Which they, you know, more than willing to do most of the time, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, and, and it getting yeah. preserved in both the email, our clients, and the help desk ticketing software forever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's a simple site that takes some input like the username the password and creates a, a url that expires after a user-defined amount of time mm-hmm. it encrypts in the browser using um that javascript library from um, keybase mm. and then i assume that they're, they're encrypting on the back end as well just to be belts and braces but i just thought it was quite cool a cool little utility to i use keybase to to encrypt stuff and it's such a pain if i'm honest <laughs> like <laughs> i'm usually sending passwords or um ssh keys that we use uh like the ones we use as like the the main key for our amazon stuff mm-hmm. and i usually i drop into keybase and i can't remember how to do it almost every single time i try and do it i can't remember how to do it and then i'm always looking at it thinking have i done this right or am i going to send you know uh, just a, a garbled amount of text over Slack mm-hmm. or whatever to to our contractor. So yeah, so it looks quite quite promising. I'm, I don't know whether you can trust it. I mean, I guess I won't trust it with something like SSH keys for our servers, but mm-hmm. for the one-off type things, uh, maybe if you're doing IT support for your mum and dad or your grandmas or things like that, mm-hmm. then... Might be quite useful. So check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. Nice. Uh, speaking cool. of that, just uh, my grandma, uh, no, to be completely fair to her, she's more, much better at this stuff than a lot of elderly ladies. But she uses the iPad a little bit. And my cousin Nick lives in uh, London now, so I don't see her as much, but he does uh, send her messages and send her pictures for her to look at on her iPad. Mm-hmm. And he'd recently run a, a a half marathon and he'd sent a picture of him at the finish line. And bless her, I think he must have done it on iMessage. So that comes up like a an, S, uh, an SMS on the on the mm-hmm. iPad there. And my grandma sort of had a an elderly moment where she forgot that she could tap on the thumbnail of the image to you know to see it enlarged. Um, but she couldn't quite make out what she was really looking at. So she actually went and got a, a magnifying glass. Um, and held it to the iPad to her mm. to get a better look at this thumbnail image. <laughs> Bless mm. And at least she admitted it to us afterwards, uh, but yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> That's awesome. So how about you? What have you been up to? Um, or more of what have you been up to? Yeah, well, th- this week, something really not fun happened yesterday. I got caught in one of those rabbit holes that really didn't need to go down and the further you went the closer you thought you got so you want that extra you know 15 minutes 20 minutes next thing you know you spent half a day on something that really wasn't important <laughs> um i decided to add a, a notifier uh bit to my npm install stuff or my npm npm scripts so that I could be notified when the, the templates were recompiled because reloading our application before the templates were recompiled meant that you don't get the newly compiled JavaScript. Um, and yeah, that just was just a fiasco. Um, I actually had some, some help from a, from a couple of people. They offered suggestions for the, the utilities to use. Um, and it worked sort of right away. And then I noticed that depending on if I was watching the build or running the build, it didn't work. Um, and I think that was actually in the case of Windows. So I, I, I wanted to find a cross-platform version. I checked in a version, worked on my machine, I thought. 
put it on the Windows box with Alec next next to me. And one of the cases, it didn't work for him. I'm like, all right, well, that's weird. So I went back to my Mac, found out that actually the, the watch case was failing for me too. So I started digging around. It was awful. <laughs> um, I ended up cracking it down first to parallel shell. Um, that that I think it was a document that we we talked about before where someone had written how they replace gulp with npm scripts. Um, and this person had actually written a library called parallel shell that that made it easy to uh, spawn off different processes at the same time so that you could say watch the SAS build process and watch the webpack process and watch the you know whatever at the same time. Um, and that was failing. So I, I made this tiny little test case, shared it on, on Twitter and said, why is this not working? Uh, do, you, do you remember Andrew Smith? We, I think we met him at Manchester. So yes, silent works. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was nice enough to help me with some things. He's like, yeah, I, I'm using the exact same setup and it works for me. Um, so we started looking around. He ended up being able to reproduce it with my little eight line package.json file. Um, and then uh, ultimately we decided to switch from parallel shell to, uh, was it NPM run all? I think it was. So it was just a different version of it. I'm like, sweet, this works. Um, because I, I was able to show within my little isolated environment now that I was able to get the, the notification to show all the time. Um, and then I found out that Nodemon was, was actually what was causing the problem uh, or was also causing the same problem. So I fixed it at the parallel shell level and was immediately blocked by the same problem with the other thing that was running. Um, but Andrew said his stuff worked fine. So I noticed that he was using something called Watch instead of Nodemon. Um, so Watch, for whatever reason, handled, I guess it's the, the way that it's forked or spawned or something, um, ca causes the notifier to lose its signal or lo lose its ability to actually communicate with the parent process or something. I don't know. So I was able to get it to work with watch. Uh, but the problem with watch is that it sometimes takes up to three seconds before it notif notices that files changed. So now I've, I've, I've Nodemon was fast. Like it immediately picks that up and recompiles the templates. So now I can actually get notifications, but it's, it's delaying things by at least three seconds before it recompiles everything. So it's like, are you kidding me? I so I I'm basically left with with nothing. So I spent a half a day trying to add basically one command at the end of a shell script <laughs> to make my life easier and speed up the development process, and it slowed everything down. So yeah, yeah that was that good. was basically the second half of yesterday, which I'm pretty embarrassed to admit because that was not something I needed to spend time on. But just everything just seemed just. I just got to tweak this one thing that it'll work and then I can move on to the next. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens, doesn't it? I, I had a similar thing earlier. Um, trying to set up a, a Lambda function on AWS and I had a CloudFormation template to do it. Um, it's this weird thing where you can create an IAM role and it will create the role for you, but it can then take an indeterminate amount of time before that role is kind of available for use throughout the rest of AWS. Mm -hmm. So it could create the IAM role, fine. And, and a role is just like a role like in, you'd think in access control, so a role is allowed to do this, 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 and this. Right. It'd create the role, fine, 
and it seemed like it had created it fine. But then when it tried to create the lambda function, which would assume this role, uh, it failed because that role was unassumable. Um, and it was literally just a timing thing. Hmm. Uh, so I had to sort of like hack the templates apart to to just create the role, then to wait what seemed an unknown amount of time. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I tried every minute until it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that just wasted the time for yeah. no no apparent reason. Uh, so yeah, I, I've had one, one. It was only about an hour of my time that took to work out what was going on, though. But yeah, I, I guess I guess half the day wasn't spent just on that. Um, I, I was splitting that uh, between that was my task, and then I was helping Alec with with some of the stuff that he was doing. We were building something to build an arbitrary arbitrary depth array structure and being able to access parts of it by various keys like various levels into the the keys uh where you didn't know how many keys deep you needed to go um and that problem turned out to be really really annoying <laughs> like mm. I, I think we but between those two problems like I, I i literally gave myself a headache um and i probably completely unrelated but at some point i, I told out that my head's hurting <laughs> because just looking at these silly little things where everything looks the same and you're not really sure why nothing's working and yeah yeah that's just the way it is isn't it yeah and it's and it's one of those things where it's it's hard to budget that <laughs> you know if you're looking at project planning it's like every once in a while you lose half a day for something just minor that you couldn't possibly have planned for but anyway today was a little better yeah um yeah so i decided to move on from that and i i opened a, a fairly detailed pull request not pull request issue on the notifier app and they were very thankful of the fact that it was very <laughs> detailed about here's here's a 12 line package json file that shows you four iterations of this that work and two that don't why don't these work um so anyway they they seem to have a pretty good idea that it was because one of the file handles was never made readable or something like that so i'm pretty sure it had to do with the way that some of these node utilities are spawning child processes and not attaching to the right um what are those called the file handles it's the file handles so standard in, standard out. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. There's a, anyway, there's a thing for them, isn't there? It's not attaching to one of those correctly. So, but anyway, so hopefully I I can go to back to that some other day and I'll, it'll just work because the they'll have they'll have fixed that. Um, but the the things that I was looking at today, um, I was looking a little more at buffer. Been, I've started to look at uh, some more of the the marketing side of things. You know, we've talked about that in the past, like figuring out how to market SaaS applications, you know, build audiences, things like that. And I've seen a lot of people talking about how Buffer sort of started and how they focused on building an audience because nobody wanted to pay attention to them when they first launched. Uh, so no one really wanted to write about them because they didn't, either they didn't understand what the project was or whatever. Uh, so they just started to write some really kick-ass articles on design and their process and how they got to where they were um, it, was, it was really pretty cool. Um, yeah, they're, they're quite renowned for the content marketing in the earlier days, aren't they? The, yeah. 
So yeah, I, I got to look at that a little bit, and I found uh, a new project of theirs that I hadn't heard about before. Have you heard of Pablo? No. Yeah, Pablo is, uh, I think it's pablo.bufferapp.com. Um, it's it's a place for making really nice little uh, images with captions and things like that. So it's not really like a meme generator sort of thing. Um, it's more of the, the pleasing style things where you, it has built-in search for like background. So you can get like a background with like, like a rainy window or background right, of okay. like mountains or whatever. It's the, it's the classier stuff that I've seen um, out there. Some of it can be really obnoxious, but this looked actually pretty interesting. And I don't know. I, I like, I like what they've been doing, like the apps that I've seen. Um, I think that I, I told you once that I wanted to work on a time app, right? Like a time zone. Mm, yeah, I think so. I remember. Yeah. Um, one of when I started looking around to see other people ha- had done that before, uh, Buffer actually had an app that was designed for small teams. Um, so yeah, they, it looks like they have a bunch of these experiments that I think I need to look for more of them because I've been pretty pretty happy with most of them. Mm, yeah, sounds cool. Yeah. I actually stumbled across a. I don't know how useful it is now. Some people have mentioned having some success from it um, to market things. Um, there's a website called Harrow, H-A-R-O, and it's short for Help a Reporter Out. And I think, by all accounts, it started as a Facebook group. And basically, um, reporters looking for sources for stories and kind of things like that, mm-hmm. they submit their stuff. And then if you think you can help out, you sort of pitch your idea to answer their questions and stuff um, and it's kind of like they get a source you get potentially sort of free coverage if you like um, mm-hmm. so I signed up and it's free to sign up and basically you're going to get three emails a day with a big list of these sort of request for informations um, mm-hmm. and I don't know I mean there's a, there's a couple on continuous delivery which i don't i probably wouldn't be able to answer but i was like oh so there actually might be some things here that at least relate to me or at least i can relate to mm-hmm. and yeah i thought it was quite an interesting source um yes. you've, apparently you've got to be quick you've got to be able to you know throw out some content ready for them um yeah because obviously they're trying to get their articles or whatever it is out and stuff but mm-hmm. quite an interesting little thing i'll put a link to it in the show notes nice cool so, uh, new services, I have a gripe, or a rant, or a rage. I'm not sure exactly what I want to do with this. Um, founder dating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I've I've seen some, like, viral, like, user inflating number type things before. And I usually can see them coming a mile away. And you know, they're usually just implemented really poorly. Uh, but founder dating was very, very... I don't know. It felt legitimate. Like when you received the email from me, from me, air quotes, uh, did it, did it feel to you like I actually wrote it or did it seem like legitimate? Like I really wanted you to um, vouch for me. It seemed the legitimacy came that I know it's the kind of thing you might be interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the legitimacy came that it said that you'd signed up and you wanted me to vouch for you. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't really the case, was it? No. <laughs> I mean, I I, th- I think it I think it was because I chose a couple of people to vouch for me, and the reason that I 
emailed you immediately afterwards was, I want to see if you get the same email I got. Because at no point during that process did I say I wanted an account or that I wanted to be vouched for or anything along those lines. Mm. Um, and I, I, I sort of went through the process because like you, the person who invited me or asked me to vouch for them, it seemed like something they might want to do. Uh, and it turns out they did. They they actually signed up for it intentionally. Uh, they had actually wanted people to vouch for them to get them into the the service. Um, I don't think any of the people that I actually asked to vouch for me did. And I got into this. I got an acceptance email today. You know, a day and a half later, after not being vouched, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so I, it's it's kind what? of a scam. But you know, it's 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 the way that people like to do these viral things. You know. Sign up, share with your friends, you know, and we'll get you in the list earlier, right? Um, yeah. That mean, makes sense. This just felt really awful to me because it wasn't just signing up and saying, yeah, this is me. I'm authenticating with LinkedIn. That's what the email made it seem like. If I authenticate with LinkedIn, I can vouch for them to say that they've done what they've said and then be done with it. Yeah. Um, instead, there was like 10 pages worth of questions asking about what kind of skills I have, why I want to found, what kind of things am I willing to work on. It was really weird. I don't know how far into the process you got before you bailed on it. Um, I just At a certain point, I just like, I have to see this through just to see how horrible this is. Um, yeah. Well, I started and then I got the email from you. Yeah. And sort of stopped. <laughs> so they, I, 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 I got as far as connecting with LinkedIn. And then when it mm-hmm. started asking me loads of questions, I... Uh, I sort of like, like, well, I ain't got time for this right now anyway. So yeah. and by then I saw them because I jumped back to my browser or my other browser mm-hmm. windows. I saw your email. So I was like, okay, I'll leave that yeah. as it was then. So, yeah, you know, and I, I really wanted to do it first to help my friend out if, if he actually did want to be in it. So I actually emailed him afterwards and said, Hey, just wanted you to know this was kind of not a, not a pleasant experience. Like what they're trying to do here feels kind of slimy to me did you actually sign up for it? And he said, yeah, he did. Um, and that, he, you know, he apologized that it wasn't a, a good experience or whatever. And I'm like, well, it's, it's no big deal. But just wanted you to know, this is one of the more aggressive viral campaigns that I've seen for trying to get people in it. So I clicked on the accept link today, or my invitation to join. Apparently now I've been accepted into their exclusive founder dating network. <laughs> And so I click it, and then it just shows me a big land landing page. Uh, click here to accept. You only have seven days to do so. So I do. I click accept. So I've clicked accept twice now. And all it does is scroll me down the page, <laughs> you know, half a page to what was below the fold. And it cost me 50 bucks a year. <laughs> so not only is it I've created this account I didn't want. To, now that I've been accepted, I actually have to pay for it. And this is the first time I've seen any mention at all about price. It just seems really ridiculous that, like, how many of their users do they have that have gotten maybe this far and bailed, but they can claim their users, you know? So say that we have 50 million users because 50 million people got suckered into getting that far into at least clicking accept once or whatever, you know? Yeah. No, it seemed very scammy to me. Yeah. Uh, So avoid for for the time being. So if anyone gets founder dating invites or vouch requests from anyone me or otherwise make sure you follow up with the person first to see if they actually need you to vouch for them because uh, chances are they just got 
suckered into uh, trying to help a friend out who tried to help a friend out who tried to help a friend out. Cool. Yeah. So, so that's my that's my that's my gripe. We can be done with that. And it's actually getting pretty late. So yeah, we're getting close to our half hour markish somewhere somewhere along those lines. It's been in a bit. It's been a a bit of a conversational episode. We'll be back next time with something more focused. Do you think? Any ideas? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. I do have an idea actually. So Go on. I, I think I think we I think we can get bring another guest on. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Who? I think people liked those, but we'll have to find out. We'd find out if people left us any reviews about liking the guest episodes. True. Yeah. But I'm still getting those Monday morning emails with no new reviews. Is that podcast? Yeah, very disappointing. Oh, well. So, uh, I guess I will speak to you shortly. All right. Sounds good. I'll call it a wrap. You've been listening to That Podcast with Bo and Dave. You can find Bo on Twitter and Google Plus at Bo Simonson and Dave on Twitter at Dave Development. You can subscribe to this podcast and review it on iTunes. If you'd like to review us but don't feel like we've earned five stars, email us so that we can talk about your issues. You can also subscribe to this podcast with RSS from our website, thatpodcast.io. From our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter to get super secret extra content from Bo and Dave sent directly to your inbox. Like the music? You can thank Gorillo for allowing us to sample the track Dust Kingdom for our intro and outro. You can find Dust Kingdom and other tracks by Grillo at grillo.bandcamp.com, spelled G-R-I-L-L-O.